Tonight on Huckabee, entrepreneur Robert Kiyosaki, West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner, actress and television host Kathy Lee Gifford, a 1960s favorite by our very own Music City Connection. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. Oh, what a great crowd we've got here tonight. I love it when we have an enthusiastic theater audience. I really do. And tonight, I kind of need a little bit of comfort because I'll be honest with you, I am so angry, I could spit nails hard enough to build a house. I could. <laughs> Seething rage is the best way to describe how I have felt since Joe Biden's so-called Justice Department and 30 plus government goons descended upon former President Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago in a raid supposedly to retrieve classified documents for the National Archives. Over 30 FBI agents ended up taking 15 to 20 boxes of material. They even broke into President Trump's personal safe, which by the way, reportedly was empty. Should have had Geraldo Rivera there for that one. <laughs> Some of you aren't old enough to even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> or you're pretending you're, you're not that old. By the way, they also went through Melania's wardrobe. What on earth was that about, okay? I mean, is the FBI now so fully woke that its male agents wanted to try on her dresses? What was that? <laughs> Look, this is an outrageous act of weaponizing what should be an unbiased Justice Department. And instead sending jackbooted bullies into a former president's home in an attempt to intimidate, not just him, more importantly, anyone who dares to speak out against the deep state of corrupt bureaucrats and political operatives that are scared to death that they're gonna lose power and with it, the loads of cash that they have accumulated by running roughshod over the American public. When Hillary Clinton destroyed 35,000 emails that she had illegally kept on a private server in her home, she never faced a raid by armed agents. When Bill Clinton's former national security advisor, Sandy Berger, stuffed already archived classified documents down his pants, in his shirt, and in his socks, he first lied and claimed it was an honest mistake. Right, because all of us are used to stuffing sensitive papers in our underwear and socks and walking around with them, right? He ended up pleading guilty to a small misdemeanor, but he never had his home raided, and these were not papers he had in his possession. He went to a government warehouse and he stole them. Now, President Trump could have been simply asked if he had material that maybe should have been left behind. What the media fails to tell you and will never tell you is that under the Presidential Records Act, the president has the authority to declassify documents and determine what's to be sent to the archives. This was all about the Biden DOJ and the FBI flexing its full-throated power 
just to try and go after Donald Trump. They hate him. I mean, they hate him. Before he was even sworn in, they lied to get FISA warrants to falsely accuse him of colluding with Russians. That was a lie. It was the real big lie, and they knew it was a lie. But Trump got impeached for their lie, and the corrupt officials at the FBI and DOJ got big, fat contracts with CNN and MSNBC to become commentators. Hey, they should have been frog-marched across the courthouse lawn and given orange suits and given jobs making license plates. That would have been better. But... Just know this is not just about Donald Trump. Oh, sure, they hate him. They've staged an attempted coup d'etat of a sitting president. We'll never know the full extent of election irregularities in the 2020 election. And even raising the issue will get one banned on social media. But Hillary Clinton publicly claimed that the 2016 election was stolen from her. Remember Stacey Abrams, the whining loser in the 2018 Georgia governor's race? She still claims that she won that race. And not one social media platform shut them down and no liberal talking head contradicted or corrected them. Now, when our government that we pay for with our taxes, when they use the money that we give them to pick winners and losers in political battles, and when it targets and harasses people to intimidate them into silence and submission, we're seeing the very tactics that were used by the East German Stasi, as well as third world dictatorships. We cannot be submissive or silent. Now, I hope that courageous people across America rise up and fight back. Let me be clear. I mean at the ballot box, not with any threats or with violence like what happened on January 6th. That's just what some of these folks are hoping for so they can make the reaction to their abuse of power the real story. That's what they want. But what they need is a sweeping election that sends them packing for the cheap seats. That's what needs to happen. So I urge you, vote in patriotic members of Congress who will demand accountability from the unelected bureaucrats. We've got to take back the House and Senate in 2022. And, and let me be blunt, regardless of what you personally think of Donald Trump, I have concluded after this outrageous affront to freedom staged by the FBI, that we better hope that after the midterm elections, Donald Trump does announce that he will seek his second term as president, because I believe he may be the only person with the guts to fight back and clean house in Washington. Yep, they came for Trump this week, but with the Democrats just having decided to hire 87,000 new IRS agents, you need to know, they're gonna be coming for you. And if you don't join the battle now, it may be too late. And it may be you being strip searched and handcuffed while your property is ransacked and confiscated by a government run amok. Robert Kiyosaki is an entrepreneur. He's the author of the best-selling personal finance book of all time. You've heard of the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I bet you've probably got a copy. If not, you should. He's gone on to write dozens of more books and co-authored two with Donald Trump. 
Now, even as inflation surges to a 40-year high, he says you can still get rich, even as the woke commies in the White House now may try to crush the economy. I want you to welcome to the show an absolute brilliant man and a great, great writer, Robert Kiyosaki. It is such a thrill to have you here, Robert. You know, when you wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you could not have imagined the impact that book would have had on the world. No. And the, um, the irony is I flunked out of high school because I can't write. <laughs> <laughs> I have two Fs in English. Sophomore Are you Aaron's kidding C- me? No. Well, it's not that I couldn't write is the teachers didn't like what I was writing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Uh, Obviously, a whole lot of people in the rest of the world have liked it a lot. You've gone on to write a lot of things, but I want to start here with what's happening this week. Joe Biden says we're not only not in the recession, he says we really don't have any inflation. How do you react to that? As far as I'm concerned, Biden is a criminal. It's not what he says. I went to military school, and our motto of the school was octa non verba, deeds, not words. So I've disciplined myself to look at what a person does, not what they say. Mm. My background is oil. I drove oil tankers with Standard Oil. So as soon as Biden came into office and he cut the Keystone XL pipeline off, I know he was out to destroy America. Mm. He was going to raise inflation through the roof, so that would wipe out the middle class. And then he blames Russia, he blames this and all this, but look at what the man is doing. He is killing this country by expanding the gap between rich and poor, but when he cut off the XL pipeline, he destroyed the middle class. Because as a person standing there, you know, pumping gas in their SUV, watching the price go up, they can't afford to buy food. Americans can't survive now. And so that's what I look at, not what he says, but what has that man done? And I live in Arizona, and that border is wide open. That's what he did. The, The thing that has always historically been the case, when there is a shrinking middle class, a country is vulnerable for dictatorship. If you have intense wealth, intense poverty, and no middle class, That's just, I mean, fertile ground for dictatorship. Amen. But I watch what he's doing, and his vice president, Kamala, I mean, she has a vocabulary of 50 words. (laughs) You're being very charitable. I'm not sure there's that many. (laughs) This week, they just passed, (laughs) they just passed the inflation-fighting bill. Now, most people look at that and they don't know how you're going to fight inflation by printing and spending more money. Will that help inflation? It makes it worse. And why? Well, because it only saves the rich. You know, I'm, I'm a rich man. I'm, I'm, happy. I'm a capitalist. But every time he prints money, I get richer, but the country gets poor. Our national debt, you know, in economics is... It's now about 120% debt to GDP. At 90%, we're technically bankrupt. 
and now it's at 120% debt to GDP. That means we're toast. And they keep printing money to bail out the banks. So let me just say this much, you know, Obama is from Hawaii, I'm from Hawaii. <laughs> He's not a poor black kid. He went to a very rich private school. His family was rich and my friends know him. The thing is not what he says, is what does he do? So when he came into office, the first thing he did was he bailed out General Motors and he bailed out the banks in 2008 and 9. What that did at the same time, the middle class were losing their homes, their jobs and everything. So Obama protected the rich like me, but destroyed the middle class who voted for him. It's not what he says. Look at what they do. You know, one of the things you have done is written the best-selling finance book of all time, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And uh, we're going to talk about the other book. Well, he's written dozens, but a brand new one out that I hope you will get. We're going to have more with Robert Kiyosaki right after the break. Don't go away. Later, television star Kathy Lee Gifford and a classic four tops hit from Trey Corley and the Music City Connection on Huckabee. Go to MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. And welcome back. We have been talking with uh, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. He's also the author of this brand new book. It's called Capitalist Manifesto, How Entrepreneurs Can Save Capitalism. Robert, thanks for staying around with us. And I want to get right into the whole idea of capitalism because it's under assault. There are people who think that a capitalist economic system is really evil because it, it causes people to be poor. What's wrong with that idea? Well, if I go back in time, in 1965, my economics teacher had us read this book here. It's called The Communist Manifesto. Uh -huh. And most people have not read this book. It was written in 1848. It's only about 50 pages, but it's one of the most destructive books ever written. So what Marx said was that, you know, uh, abolition of private property was essential. A heavy progressive income tax was essential, and labor unions. Now, I'm not against any of that, but it was all written about in this book. In 1969, the Vietnam War was still on. I was draft exempt. Hmm. Non-defense, vital industry, oil. If you worked in oil, you didn't yeah. have to fight. <laughs> and instead, I joined the US Marine Corps. And I went to flight school not far from here, Pensacola, Florida, two tours in Vietnam. And this is what I want to say. Marines don't fight for Republicans or Democrats. None of our, none of our armed forces. We fight for our freedom. And the reason I wrote this book. Amen. Amen. The reason I wrote this book, The Capitalist Manifesto, is because our freedoms are being taken away. Yeah. And that's why I had to write this book. What, what are you saying to people when they say, what do I do, Robert? What do I do? I don't trust the Fed. Okay. I just don't trust the Federal Reserve Bank. Yeah. It's Marxist. Yeah. You know, a central bank is Marx, the key of Marxism. And the central bank isn't American. 
But so the way I get rich is that anything the Fed can print, I don't invest in. So the, the Fed cannot print oil. So I want oil wells. On top of that, I get tax breaks. <laughs> they can't print cattle. So I invest in cattle. <laughs> and they can't print apartment houses and commercial buildings. So I've, I, I invest in those. And anything the Fed can print or Wall Street can print, I don't invest in. I'm not recommending it. But that's why I wrote my book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Are we in a position where we can't get out of this? Or is there hope, Robert, that America will get sick of what they're seeing and turn the corner and rise up and reclaim uh, an economic system of capitalism and make America truly the great nation that we've known it to be? We have to. I'm, my concern is that we've lost, you know, civil disagree disagreement. It's okay yeah. to disagree. Sure. It's part of capitalism. It's kind of freedom. I can disagree. But we're not going to civil unrest. My concern is civil wars next. Yeah. Let's pray it doesn't happen. But one thing I pray does happen, and that is a lot of Americans will get the book Capitalist Manifesto by Robert Kiyosaki, because I know they'll better understand our system, what's wrong with it, and how to get it right. If you want to know more about Robert and to get the book Capitalist Manifesto, head over to Huckabee.tv. We have links to not just this book, but all of Robert's books and all the financial education that you can apply to your own life. We've got a great show ahead of us, and we've enlisted Keith Bilbrey to tell us about it. Well, up next, the inspirational humor of comedian Nazareth, then cybersecurity in the midterm with Secretary Mac Warner. Stay tuned for more Huckabee. Welcome back. I don't know if you recognize the tune that we were coming back in, but it's from the musical Grease. And the co-star of that was the absolutely lovely Olivia Newton-John, who passed away this week after a valiant battle with cancer. She was a guest on our show here, I think about a year, year and a half ago, an absolutely lovely person. And everyone who ever knew her spoke about what a delightful, humble, kind person she was. I'm so glad that we were able to honor her with a little music. And you know, I can't think of any better band to pay tribute to someone than our band right here, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, Best in the Land. You know, there aren't very many places in the entire world where you can talk to a rocket scientist over a plate of some of the best pork butt the South has to offer. But if that's got you interested, I need you to stick around because it's time to blast off to this week's Our Kind of Town. In Northern Alabama, you'll find a town that was destined for the stars, Huntsville. Founded in 1811, Huntsville was a thriving railway and river commerce town, which opened it up to the cotton frontier, making it a vital hub to the textile industry. In the 1930s, the power of the river was harnessed and the hydroelectric era, which began, empowered Huntsville during World War II to develop the tools that helped us win the war. What next? 
Well, why not the stars? Nicknamed the Rocket City for developing space technology since the 1950s, it's here that world-renowned NASA rocket scientist Warner Von Braun ultimately developed and built the humongous Saturn V rockets that took the Apollo astronauts to the moon. Far out, man. The crown jewel of Huntsville is the U.S. Space and Rocket Center. See huge, full-scale examples of rockets and spacecraft, and you know, uh, NASA stuff. And for the kids, there's the one and only Space Camp. Kids can train like real astronauts, getting a hands-on experience like none other. When the local researchers and rocket scientists aren't busy mapping out DNA or planning a mission to Mars, you can hang out with them at some of the great sporting events. Huntsville has a great minor league baseball team, as well as awesome college sports. After the game, you can check out the thriving music scene. Visit one of the 60 parks and greenways where there's no shortage of fun and outdoor adventure. And for all you well-equipped, experienced cavers, Huntsville is surrounded by vast cave systems to be explored and is home to the National Speleological Society for the Scientific Study of Caves. The beautiful Tennessee River is famous for boating and world-class fishing. I can taste the fried catfish and hush puppies right now, y'all. Oh, oh, speaking of Southern cooking, Alabama is barbecue central and known for some of the best in the world. So you'll want to make sure you get to the Whistle Stop Barbecue Festival. You may just overload on that sweet, smoky goodness. Mercy sakes, there's no such thing as being bored in the Rocket City because it's out of this world. And that's why Huntsville, Alabama is our kind of town. I tell you, to hear that description, it has always been my kind of town as well. What a beautiful city. And many thanks to the U.S. Space and Rocket Center and Space Camp and the Huntsville-Madison Chamber of Commerce for helping us explore their great town. I hope you will check out their websites when you're planning your own unique visit to Huntsville, Alabama. By the way, it has now become the largest city in Alabama last year, growing ahead of even Birmingham. It's a great town that you ought to visit next. And if you know of one that you think we ought to go visit, real simple, email us to mytown at tvn.tv. Well, my next guest has brought his unique brand of inspirational comedy to millions of people all over the world. He's toured with The Temptations, The Righteous Brothers, and B.B. King. He's appeared on the Grand Ole Opry, Comedy Central, ABC Family, and the NBC Nightly News. I guess because sometimes the news is a big joke, right? That's probably why. But tonight, he's all ours. Would you please welcome back to the show, we love him, the very funny Nazareth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, I, I am from the Middle East, but ever since September 11th, I feel so Mexican. <laughs> Somehow airport security during COVID didn't care if you're Middle Eastern. Because normally when I fly, I go to the airport a month before my flight. But during COVID, I went and the security guy goes, go ahead. I'm like, wait, wait, sir, I'm from the Middle East. He goes, yeah, you have your mask on, go ahead. <laughs> Like, no, 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 you guys know me as Random Check, remember? <laughs> I'm Random Check. It's like, go ahead. But now they're back to normal. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, my name is Nazareth. I was born in Nazareth, Israel. 
the land of milk and honey, but I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> Moved here 38 years ago. I'm going to tell you people things about you that you don't know because this is the greatest nation on earth. Amen. Yes. And Americans, you're the nicest people in the world until someone cuts in line in front of you. <laughs> then you kill them. <laughs> Americans, you love your space. You're always one, you know, get away from me. I need my space. The more money you have, the more space you have. You're not convinced. Who are the three most wealthiest people in America? Richard Branson, Elon Musk, and Jeff Bezos. What are they doing? They're looking for more space. <laughs> Americans, you're an individual culture, so you save money for retirement because no one will take care of you when you get older. Not in my culture. You know, the kids take care of the parents when they get older. My dad had three boys. He diversified. <laughs> but my kids don't know that. They're born here. But then when they were little, I played subliminal games with them to get them the idea, like when we play Ken and Barbie, I bring Ken's mom and dad to stay in the dream house <laughs> for two years. Americans, you don't want anybody to tell you what to do. You like your choice. From day one, I moved to this country. I had my choice. I went to buy some groceries. They said, you want paper or plastic? Choice. <laughs> went to get some coffee. They said, regular or decaf? Choice. Got out of the airport, this guy with a gun. He said, well, give me your wallet or I'll shoot you. Choice. You want to be a Democrat or leave California? So. <laughs> yeah. I am from California, people. Gas price is $7 a gallon. Not only I shake the nozzle, I lick it now. <laughs> and I do live in Corona, California. Seriously, I live in Corona, California. It used to be known for beer, then COVID. And now after the Olympics, you've seen the guy from Corona, the disc throw guy? That's my Amazon delivery guy. <laughs> but if you live in California and you're a conservative, you can't share your opinion publicly. You have to do it in a drive-by. <laughs> so, you know, you see a crowd, you drive by, roll down your window and say, hey, I'm pro-life, and run. <laughs> and it'll be on the news that night. Oh, we have a breaking news right now. We have another drive-by. Let's go to our correspondent, Chloe. Chloe, what did you see? Well, I was standing here in the corner of Maine and Lincoln, and this guy, oh, there's a crowd, and this guy pulled in, rolled down his window, and he said something conservative. Everyone was offended. We all started crying. <laughs> One college professor passed out. We called the ACLU and this dispatched four attorneys to the scene. <laughs> but I, 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 love, I love California because it's a melting pot over there. Like my African-American friends, they call me dog. Hey, dog. How are you, dog? My Latino friends call me Essay. Hey, Essay. How are you, Essay? My Caucasian friends call me Buddy. Hey, Buddy. How are you, Buddy? My Middle Eastern friends call me Infidal. And my Indian friends call me every day to tell me I owe the IRS money. <laughs> I, I, love, I love this country. Because, you know, when, you know, like our kids are so spoiled here. They're born, what did they learn in school? 
the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I grew up in Kuwait. Our alphabet was different. It was A, B, Ha, Da, I come home, my mom said, how was your day? And your nursery rhymes are easy. Old McDonald had a farm. What did he have in his farm? A dog, whoa, whoa, a cow, moo. We had different animals. And the camel went here, And then the oryx went here. When we got to alpaca, I went home school. Thank you so much for your time. I'm Nazareth. Thank you. Oh. That was awesome. Thank you. We're so, so glad to have you back. Thank you so much. You know, I want our audience to understand that they can certainly see more about you. Plus, uh, you need to tell them about the Laughter for All Ministry event. You've got in Anaheim, California in September, September the 17th. Yes. God put on my heart to, to use my comedy to reach people for Jesus in California and all over. So we do free comedy concert at stadiums and events. And at the end, I get to share Jesus and people come forward and they connect with local pastors. Yes. That is so, wonderful. September 17th. So anybody in California, or even if they can get to California Anywhere, on September 17th. they can get to California, they can invite their unsafe friends and laugh. We're going to have one on September 17th near Disneyland at, at 2000 Amphitheater See over there. California needs it and the world yes. needs it. To yes. see more of Nazareth plus info on the free Laughter for All Ministry event that we just talked about on September the 17th in Anaheim, go to Huckabee.tv. We'll get you all the connections. Right now, Keith is going to connect you to what else is coming up on the show. Well, Mike talks with West Virginia Secretary of State Mac Warner next. And later, Kathy Lee Gifford gives us a sneak peek at her new movie on Huckabee. Go to shop.huckabee.tv and get your very own Made in the USA Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more. Well, as the November elections approach, we at The Huckabee Show want to bring to you some guests and segments with a midterm focus to help you make the important decision of who to vote for. Mac Warner serves as West Virginia's 30th Secretary of State, and since taking office in 2017, he's been recognized throughout all the country for his innovation in cybersecurity and election preparation. We are going to need that more than ever heading into the midterms. That is for sure. He's also one of the 15 Secretaries of State who have signed a letter to President Biden asking him to rescind the executive order directing federal agencies to get involved in voter registration process at a local level. We're very happy to have him with us tonight. Would you please give a great big welcome to Mac Warner, Secretary of State of West Virginia. <laughs> Mac, great having you here. Election security is on the minds of every voter because we just worry that our votes may not really be counted. <laughs> Are, are you concerned about it across the country, and how do we fix it? I'm very concerned, Governor. Uh, I would like to start with just a quick thank you to you and your team. Fantastic. Everything about this trip, coming down and being part of this, first rate all the way. Thank Second, you. my wife, Debbie, 
absolutely loves you and everything about you and everything you stand you for. You married well. Uh, I want you, you to know, Mac. Right. You, you married well. <laughs> and the third thing real quickly is just your last week's show, you brought on Richard uh, Casper. Yeah. And he was uh, in charge of Creative Vets. And for anybody that missed it, go back and look at that because you, you were honoring Purple Heart recipients. Yeah. And it hit me particularly because Deb's my oldest son, Stephen, is a Purple Heart recipient. Mm. He was wounded in Afghanistan. Traumatic brain injury. So oh. paralleled uh, Richard's story a little bit. This week when he saw that segment, I've never seen him so enthusiastic and energetic to start to talk about his story. And it did take him about three years before he opened up to, to me. And my wife was listening to him on the phone with me, and she had heard things she had never heard before. Just listening to Richard's uh, presentation on your show. So, so thank you for doing that. Thank you. What a beautiful reminder that this show does <laughs> matter to people with things like that. And I know that's near and dear to your heart because you went to West Point. You served in the military. So it, it's, it's something you're a part of. But to election security, you, you went and fought for this country and served this country so that we would have free elections. Now you're running the elections in West Virginia, but across the country. What, what are you exactly. worried about? Well, I came out of Afghanistan after five years because I saw a woman who was brutally beaten to death there. And I'm like, I've been here for five years setting up a rule of law program. And here they are cheering. These men were cheering the death of this woman. I said, it's time to come back to West Virginia and apply my talents there. I was elected in 2016. And I immediately went to work. We've taken off 380,000 names from the rolls in West Virginia. And we only have about 1.1 million registered voters. So that's about a fourth. That's how bloated the rolls had gotten in my little state of West Virginia. Think about that nationwide, where we are. That's why I took election security uh, as a top priority right from the very beginning. So I am concerned, and I'm very concerned with what happened in 2020. And it's about votes that came into the system outside the law. Okay, so I'm not yeah. necessarily saying unlawful, but they weren't lawful either. So if a vote came in through drop boxes of 100 vote ballots were dropped off and the state law only said you could drop off two or 10 or votes that came in after the election was over in Pennsylvania, three days after the election was over, when state law says they have to be in by the close of business on election day, those are votes outside the law. And we saw that in Michigan without signatures and those sorts of things and addresses, Arizona, Georgia. We had it in a number of states. And what the left wants us to do is say nothing to see here, move on. Now, I think we need to go back and look at game film, like a football game afterwards. You may have won yeah. a game or lost, but you go back and review film to see what, was, what went wrong and what could be better. And that's what we all need to do. And that's why I support all these secretaries of states that are running across the nation that are challenging or are looking at. We need to look at what happened in the last election so we get the next election right. Gosh, I wish you were secretary of state in all 50 states right now. Because that perspective is, is honestly what we need desperately for voter security. Your state has also been right in the epicenter of attention because of Senator Joe Manchin, who this week shocked a lot of people by voting with Chuck Schumer and the far left Democrats on this inflation bill. Uh, Mac, that's got to be a, a gut punch to the people of West Virginia. It, it absolutely is. And that's why I proposed this last week, a slap. Joe Manchin needs a slap, S-L-A-P, State Legislative Accountability Pledge. Yeah. And so what this is, is back at 18, or 1787, there was a great compromise when we were trying to formulate. We'd had this confederation of the states, and it didn't quite work out. We needed to be able to raise an army and do taxes. So that, how were we going to have these sovereign states combined with a democratic process? So they came up with the House of Representatives would be the People's House, the U.S. Senate would be the state's house the, mm. for, this, for the state. Yeah. And that compromise has allowed us to survive 233 years uh, in a nice uh, republic. And so senators should be tied to their states. 
The peoples, the representatives are tied to the people every two years, and the senators are given this six-year term. The problem is, in 1930, see, the original Constitution said they shall be, the senators shall be picked by their legislatures. Yep. And that worked for 100 years. But in 1913, the 17th Amendment passed, and that made senators directly elected by the people. So they were just like the representatives. And what that allowed them to do was go to the swamp, go to D.C., and for four or five years just ignore their people back home in an election year, then they'd show up and start being accountable again. Well, what this pledge is that says that any time a senator gets a two-thirds vote of no confidence from their state legislature, then they need to resign their seat, mm. okay? So the repeal of the 17th Amendment... That would be a beautiful thing. It would change the country. It truly would. It, it would. In fact, the, it was best described by Justice Scalia to one of his friends, a guy, Dick uh, Salisbury. And Dick said, Justice, what's going to take to restore this country? And Justice Scalia said, we're not going to restore it until we return the appointment of senators by their state legislatures. And what that does is it ties the Senate is supposed to represent the state. In fact, to drip back in the original uh, time frame of the Constitution, they start talking about these being ambassadors for the state rather than senators. Now, they decided on the word senator, but if you have that concept of an ambassador, the ambassador from Virginia or the ambassador from Pennsylvania going to D.C. to represent their state, and that's what we need to do. So what this pledge would do, if I could get Senator Manchin to take it, is if he does what he did last week and side with Schumer and Pelosi, that's the swamp, the Democrat Party, yeah. the left, the progressives. Think about that. Tell me this. Who do you think in West Virginia supports 87,000 new IRS agents? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. He negotiated with Chuck Schumer for three months to get this deal done. How many times do you think he talked to the president of the West Virginia Senate or the Speaker of the House? Zero. Hmm. And so that's why today... Uh, state Senator Randy Smith just put out a call to Senator Manchin said, please come back to the state of West Virginia and explain to us your thought process on this so-called inflation wouldn't reduction bill. Wouldn't that be a change of scenery for sure? You know, Mac, I, I just can't tell you enough how much I appreciate your leadership on this. I hope it catches fire in all the states. I'd love to see the 17th Amendment repealed. It would help America get back on its feet. You got to promise to come back because I love what you're doing for the people of West Virginia and, quite frankly, for the rest of America as well. And thank, thank you. you. We hope thank your message gets out there. Now, for our audience, as always, if you visit Huckabee.tv, we will connect you to Secretary Mac Warner and the work that he's doing in West Virginia and the work that we wish he was doing in all 50 states. Keith, I don't know what kind of work you're doing over there, but we're going to ask if you've maybe figured out what we have coming up next on the show. Well, don't you dare go away because Kathy Lee Gifford is next and later a special performance by the best band on TV, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection right here on Huckabee. Next week for columnist Kurt Schlichter and family magic act David and Tisha Laughlin. Well, perhaps you have dreamed of walking in the very steps of Jesus and making a pilgrimage to Israel. Well, stop dreaming about it and go with me February 11th through the 21st. Now, I'm not sending you. I'm going with you. And I'll introduce you to the amazing places of the Bible that I've been to many times. For all the information, go to thegreatesttrip.com. I hope you'll do it.
Well, someone who knows how powerful a trip to Israel can be is our friend Kathy Lee Gifford. She's a four-time Emmy-winning TV host, actress, best-selling author, playwright, singer, songwriter, and a whole lot more. I mean, she can do anything. She has a brand new musical film. It's called The Way. It's in theaters as a one-night-only event, September the 1st. And the companion book is called The God of the Way, a journey into the stories, people, and faith that changed the world forever. Here's a look at her upcoming film, The Way. The Bible comes to life with music and narration in ways you've never experienced before. The Way. Please welcome back to the show one of my very favorite people and yours, Kathy Lee Gifford. to be back. You are maybe the busiest person I think <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I doubt that, but uh, hi, guys. <laughs> Good to see you all. Uh, you know what? I love, I love it because people say, how are you enjoying enter, uh, your yeah. retirement? Yeah. And I go, no, that, that, I'm, I'm not retired. I'm refired. You are. And, 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 you know, I just think nobody ever retired in the Bible. They didn't. They just died doing what God made them to do. And sometimes yeah. God even sent a chariot to just pick yeah, them up and, and some, say, Once in a while, done. they went up by chariot. Enoch, we don't know. <laughs> and, and, and John, last seen writing Revelation on the yeah. island of Patmos. But for the most part, we just die doing what God created us to do, and that's what I intend to do. I love what you're into now. There's a film that comes out September the 1st. People yes. can see it in the theater. Mm -hmm. Usually there's a book, and that inspires a film. No. In this case... The film inspired around. the yes. book. I'd written a song with uh, sweet um, Nicole C. Mullen. Yeah. Uh, and oh. we made a film out of it called The God Who Sees. We shot it in, in, uh, in uh, Israel. I'd never directed before. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. <laughs> this is what I'm supposed to do. The reaction, Governor, to that particular short film yeah. was beyond anything I'd ever experienced. Millions and millions of people. It's just powerful. You know, it's not because I did it. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit is yeah. what makes something powerful. And so I just, it dawned on me, this is what I'm supposed to do for the rest of my life. Hmm. I'm supposed to take these epic, amazing stories of the Bible and bring them to life in cinema. Uh, I mean, look, I, we shot all over the place. And because uh, of COVID, I had to go other places other than Israel. It's basically a music journey through all, since the dawn of time, all the way through the Bible to where Jesus says, get in the boat and meet me on the other side. Mm. So it just creates an interest in people to know, to know more about that. We've always known that, you know, Abraham and Sarah came from the land of Ur. <laughs> Who knows where Ur is? <laughs> Ur. Ur or Ur was. <laughs> we like to tell everybody Ur was modern, is modern day Iraq. Yeah. And take it, the details are, is what makes it thrilling. So my oratorios are just ancient storytelling with the 65-piece members, all the people who play for the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. So the music is just re remarkable, remarkable. It kind of sounds to me, Kathy, that this is not the end of these stories that you're going to be telling. I hope not. They're very expensive to make. But uh, you know who came through to me? And I just want to say a, sh a huge shout-out to them because I called everybody yeah. I don't think I called you for money, did I? But I no, probably... thank goodness you well, didn't. Well, good, because uh, you didn't give me any. Yeah, thank you, you for not calling. You didn't give me any, by the way. And You're I'll the never... only one who didn't call me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I tried to follow a lot of the organizations that I have been a part of and helped through the years. Yeah. And, and nobody just sort of, nobody got it except for Gateway Church in, Ta in Dallas, Texas. Wonderful church. Incredible. They understand the power of the arts. Yeah, Governor. Robert Morris. Wonderful oh, pastor. Robert Morris and, and, and Thomas uh, Miller, who's the musical, music man there. Yeah. They understand the power of music. It's a universal language. And I can, if I can use music to, to get, capture a person's heart, then we can take the word of God and feed them on the word. And, and, uh, but it, it takes both. So this is a, the, the movie was supposed to come out last spring at yeah. Easter time. And it did. We, I couldn't get the, the, you know, the money to put, do all the publicity for it. So I'm if I it's sound exhausted, it's because I am. It, it's time and it's coming out right away. This is Kathy Lee's new book called The God of the Way. It's available for pre-order now. The movie event is, I mean, right around the corner. The yeah. Way in Thank theaters you, September 1st. Get their tickets. And here's how you do it. Go to Huckabee.tv. We have a direct connection to all the things that Kathy Lee is doing with the movie and the book. And I hope you will connect to both of them. Speaking of connection, I'm going to connect you to Keith Bilbrey because he's got to weigh in on what's coming up to close our show. Well, get ready for a classic Motown hit from the hottest band on television, Trey Corley and the Music City Connection with Mike on Bass, next on Huckabee. Now, normally you have to be in our studio audience to hear tonight's musical guest play an entire song, but you're in for a treat tonight from our very own Music City Connection. Now, let me tell you, after the show, you're going to visit Huckabee.tv for a link to their live album, Live from the Theater, featuring Mike Huckabee on bass. Now, performing the four tops hit, Reach Out, I'll Be There. They didn't ask me to sing. I don't know why. With Mike on bass, it's the Grammy-winning Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Give him a hand.
Tears you look around, but there's no peace of mind to be.